so, so, so scandalous. Anticipating something. Talking about the dance in your pants. You're listening to The Naughty Rude Show, Sin's home of sexuality, identity and relationships on Sin Nation. So, so, so scandalous. Sin acknowledges and pays respect to the owners of the land on which the Sin HQ and studios stand, the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nations. Sin also acknowledges and pays respect to the elders and traditional owners of the lands our content reaches, as well as the radio stations we broadcast from across the country. You are listening to the Naughty Rude Show on Sin. This is your one-shop stop for everything sex and sex education. Also, we touch on things like relationships and relationships advice, if that's what you feel like you need. Tonight, I am joined by two wonderful hosts, they are both Indy and Tammy, and we're going to discuss all sorts of things. But before we can go anywhere near that, I'm going to tell you where you can find us and follow us. You can find us at Naughty Rude Sin on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, and The Naughty Rude Show on Omni, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Spotify, and really anywhere else that good podcasts are found. And also, if you have questions you'd like to ask us, please, please have a look for our link tree at linktree forward slash the naughty rude show. You can ask us just about anything and we might just answer it. But of course, things do get difficult out there in the world. So if you do feel like you need help, there are helplines available. Those helplines are Beyond Blue at 1300 224 636, Kids Helpline at 1800 and Q Life Helpline at 1800 184 Hello and welcome back to the Naughty Rude Show here on Sin. My name is Tammy. You're here with Jacob and Indy as well. We're here to talk about fetishes and kinks right now. So, who knows the difference between a fetish and a kink? Very spicy topic, Tammy. Definitely something that I would like to lend more thought to myself. And I think fetishes is what you like and kinks is... No, fetishes is something you like about something else and kinks is you, what you like. Is that correct? Kind of close, kind of on the right path. A kink is something that is something that you desire sexually, whereas a fetish is, again, something that you desire sexually. However, it's not already considered sexual in the first place. So a kink is kind of already on that sexual path, whereas a fetish is just something. <laughs> yeah, one, <laughs> just a something that you like sexually. So one is considered quote-unquote normal and the other to be a bit more out there, for example. Yeah. Yeah, one of them is regular and one of them's risque. Mm. One is a bit more leftist politics than the other. One is a bit more open and uh, progressive. (laughs) (laughs) Now that we've established, though, does anybody here have any kinks or fetishes? This is a safe space. Please open up. You might have a resounding silence because that's okay. Again, me too. I, I don't need to give more thought to this. I probably do have like some, but I just actually I don't know if this falls in fetishes and kinks, but like there's something about desiring someone in authority, and I think that's just like a desire, not a fetish or a kink, but like that is definitely a thing. No, I feel like that's a bit of a kink. That, that, yeah, because that, that 
it leads into things that are definitely considered kinks. Yeah. <laughs> um, with all sorts of um, things. You can go into the rabbit hole of um, things like uh, domination, BDSM, um, ma- uh, masochism, True. sadism. Um, and, of course, that leads into even more rabbit holes uh, as to what really could blend in together with that. Um the authority figure, that one also lends itself to things like role play, um, obviously, with all particular roles of authority that people love that kind of stuff. It's a bit of an umbrella kink or an umbrella fantasy, isn't it? A little bit, but it's definitely not like an uncommon one for Absolutely. that reason. I feel like that's a very, very common one. And it's viewed from two angles as well where um obviously you'll have the person that wants to be the authority but you also want to be the per- there's people who want to be the person who is with the authority themselves so mm. it, it's a really interesting large one actually it's like if there was a power term for gold digger like you want to be with the authority not with the money <laughs> like <laughs> I don't know, social climbing? Oh, but the money is kind of nice while you're there, though. Come on. Do you guys have any? I feel like like we need to expand the horizons to you guys. Or have you heard of any weird ones? Um, I mentioned one there that was uh, fairly common, not one of my own personally, but things like um, uh, sadism, masochism, and BDSM are absolutely huge to the point where... uh, Often if you go into any form of sex shop or lingerie shop, um, they will be the the dominant, I guess, normal uh, type of kink where you'll find all sorts of um, paraphernalia for that particular kink. Mm. Uh, so I, I think that's probably the biggest one I can think of for most people. Absolutely. Definitely, definitely. But we'll chat more about kinks in the future, of course. We're going to jump into uh, another conversation, but this one's a bit more of a discussion than before because the simple question, should sex education be taught in primary school? I, I'm curious, what's your, your guys' initial thought on that phrase? Should we be teaching it to, you know, year, year five, year six, I'd say? Well, firstly, were you guys taught it when you were in primary school? No. Because I personally was. Most of the people I know, we didn't learn about it until uh, year eight or nine, and we only really ever did the one year on it. Um, and usually it would end with three, four weeks of watching uh, a movie that's vaguely about pregnancy or something like that. I know for myself it was watching Juno, um, which in all fairness, I don't think I gleaned anything important out of that. Mm. Yeah, I wouldn't say that, that it's a good film, phenomenal film. I don't know if that's a sex education film, though, but okay. Mm. What about you, Indy? Yeah, no, good question. I remember in year five we had the period talk and then these people came into our school and then, of course, like, I don't know, year eight, year nine, you know. I was going to say proper sex education, but I wouldn't say anything I learned was uh, comprehensive and that's what I'm using proper for. But I reckon, like, it definitely has a place to be taught earlier in terms of I know the big thing is consent and that should be taught from way earlier and also just kind of like looking out for what's normal and abnormal sexual behavior because kids need to know I mean it might be a bit much for kids 
to be aware and be like vigilant about from a young age. But I think it's pretty important to make people aware of what is not okay and how to be uh, consensual. I definitely agree. And I, I, I think that that's something that kind of in my mind should be taught maybe just before the, um, the ages where puberty starts to really hit because a lot of people will um, gleam what they think is right, um, especially in a sexual sense, a consensual se- um, sense from things like porn, which it simply isn't. Um, a lot of teenagers will um, think that that's how anything works and it really isn't and it can ruin um, not only their image of other people but their own sexual experiences uh, moving forward. So I think mm. there is definitely a place to teach it. Obviously, you know, they are children. Don't go too deep or anything like that, but consent, puberty, um, and basic bodily functions um, is probably worth teaching not too young, but I think younger than at least I got taught. Mm. And what you said before, Jacob, about, like, you know, porn being can ruin people's per- perception I think whatever you learn as uh, from a young person is your first foray into like this topic like is really long lasting. I still remember reading in a book called Girl Stuff that um, everyone masturbates, including your teachers. I still remember reading that in a book like my teachers masturbate like that is no, that can't be right. Like your first your first influence is so important and long-lasting and so why not get it right from the start I totally agree it's so funny that you mentioned that because I have also read that book and that's also something that yeah (laughs) so it's definitely as true as it is I think that something else um to be added to this conversation kind of is I was um I'm very grateful for my upbringing um I was raised by nurses so everything was always very upfront and on the table for me growing up it was never nicknames for genitalia. It was always upfront names, always upfront names. And it's such a small thing. But leading from that, um, the discussion about, you know, pornography and learning things from an early age, even something as small as just learning the proper terminology, a mm. kid's going to learn to at least respect that. They're mm. going to respect that a lot more. And then as a consequence, hopefully respect the full gravity of, sex and sexuality Mm. and consent and everything under the umbrella but also Mm. that is a very much a personal opinion but (laughs) and also like it's like sex's function like it's not something that's just done to make babies but like it's you know it's like a basic human desire it's something that like releases dopamine in our brain and something that we are naturally inclined to do but for some reason we can't talk about it like normalizing it I imagine Tammy your parents being nurses may have kind of facilitated that for you absolutely I'm very grateful for it (laughs) it's an upbringing that I wish upon most people um which is why sex education should absolutely be taught in primary schools in at least my humble opinion (laughs) (laughs) um however that is an ongoing conversation an ongoing topic um we'll leave it as it is there for today you're listening to the naughty rude show on sin so guys we've just talked about just to um bring up to speed should sex education be taught in primary school and 
also before that we talked about fetishes and kinks. Um, what we're going to dive into now is dating and in particular online dating, app dating, and in particular, more particular than that, what are the craziest stories that you've heard out of dating on apps? Do you guys have any amazing stories or crazy stories? Okay, well, I don't have one from myself, luckily. Um, very grateful that all of my online dating app dates have been safe and fun and not weird. However, I have had a friend who I convinced to get on the dating apps. Um, she never really had an interest in dating. She was kind of happy doing her own thing. But I was like, no, nah, no, nah, give it a go. It'll be fun. You get to meet people. You get to get out there, get to have some fun stories. Um, and boy, did she get some fun stories. Her first date, she went out with a boy um, who was from England. They went out and I believe they got frozen yogurt and they sat in a park and it was very sweet and very romantic. She was 18 years old and he was like, so when do you want to have children? Oh, boy. And she oh, was just hey. 18 and she was like, I don't know, when I'm older. He was, I think, 20 at the time and he was like, oh, well, my parents actually had kids at 21. So oh my um, gosh. I kind of want to have kids soon. And that was when that date failed. <laughs> Isn't that funny how when your parents had kids really influences your perception? Like my parents had kids like 30 and that's just been the deadline in my brain. I don't know how you guys feel about that. No, I'm the exact same. My parents were 30. I'm like, yeah, I've got plenty of time to sort that out. Like I'm not 30 yet. Like it's fine. See, I think I'm the opposite of that because my parents had children quite young and my watching that and watching my siblings grow up and so on, I've just kind of gone through the mindset of, no, do not care to have any children young. That's not at all an interest. Um, so I think that that definitely changes your perception and just I think it depends on uh, how you view it, um, obviously. But, yeah, no, like the crazy stories you get from some of these places can be absolutely nuts. Mm. Um, one of the ones that comes to mind was uh, I have a friend of mine who um, she ended up jumping on, uh, I think it was Bumble. I forget which one. Um, and she just went around, you know, meeting a few people and she found one that she actually quite liked. He seemed like a nice dude, um, just took her out to a simple movie date. And she's just started university at this point, um, fresh out of high school. And her first university class, he was the professor. And no. I was waiting for you to tell me that they were sitting in the lecture hall together, not that he was. Yeah, is no. the movie oh, the lecture no. slides or like? <laughs> <laughs> You'd think the so. Movie date is actually in the lecture theatre. Wow. Uh, did they yeah. know that going into the um, day? No, they did. They didn't. They apparently they both showed up to class and just kind of like had to try not to say anything or, uh, or show anything because it's obviously you know you can't really have much of a relationship in university between yourself and your professor for some pretty obvious reasons. Um, <laughs> what are the obvious reasons? I don't know. <laughs> no, I'll leave that up to interpretation. Yeah. Um, but like, yeah, no, small world for people out there, um, and I think that's. <laughs> A lot of a lot of crazy stories come from that small world where you're like you'll meet someone and 
you know, they'll be known through mm. this person or this person or this person or this person. Um, that I is know, particularly unlucky. Mm, yeah. I had one experience myself where um, I ended up meeting someone and <laughs> didn't end up going anywhere with them. But on, on the date, because we're just chatting, like, who do, who do you know? Who do you know? And I found out that they were um, one of my cousin's exes. Um, no. <laughs> And that was uncomfortable. That was very uncomfortable. (laughs) I swear you never realise how small of a world it actually is until you're on the dating apps. We are going into hopefully a recurring segment, which I am ever so nicely calling the vibe. The vibe where we talk about sex toys. So today I'm here to give you a little bit of a rundown on fleshlights. Um, for those of you who don't know what a fleshlight is, or actually, does anybody here know what a fleshlight is? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I want you to explain it. <laughs> <laughs> See, it's a masturbation toy for people with penises, essentially. Um, as I was researching this, I would love to know how true this is. Apparently, allegedly, it was created by a guy whose wife was pregnant at the time and she was advised to have no penetrative sex. So um, this guy got thinking, his brain got a ticking, and two years later the development for fleshlights began. <laughs> and, yeah, a, a, oh, sorry, I still haven't actually defined it. For those who don't know what a fleshlight is, um, it's for people with penises, put your penis in it. Um, it feels just like a vagina. Um, it Are you has speaking little... from experience, Tammy? <laughs> <laughs> You know, it feels just like it. <laughs> <laughs> well, allegedly. Allegedly, apparently. So they, they have say. little grooves in there. Um, apparently the first one was actually designed off of a real mould of a vagina, which I don't know how they got that mould, but shout-outs to them. Mm. Um, and, yeah, it's something that was made to be discreet. So that's why it's called a flashlight. Um, if you glance at it, it kind of looks like a flashlight kind of looks like a torch it's not until you kind of unscrew the cap and realize what's going on that yeah there's there's something for you to put your penis in in there and yeah anyone here have any experiences with fleshlights it's pretty sneaky those toys like I didn't really know what they were until I was like uh, 18 19 and someone like made a joke I was like what is that Tammy in your research did you find that was anything invented before that like I can imagine there would be a huge market for people to put their penises in things prior to the flashlight. Like there has to have been something. 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 Well see, that's what I thought. But in my research, in my research, which granted was not very good, <laughs> um, not no. Like a grapefruit. Not Isn't that anything from that um, was... hangover? What movie is that from? <laughs> What's that? Do you guys know what I'm talking about? I know I exactly no what, you're, what talking you're talking about. about. Uh, for those who don't know, <laughs> there is a movie where, oh boy, uh, <laughs> I forget the movie. It's, it's an all right movie. Um, but there is a segment where a woman appears on, I believe she's on TV at this point, and she's describing how to give the best, I believe it was either hand job or blow job. I do not remember. Um, and she's described, oh, go get a, a grapefruit and use that and look it was a comedy movie you can kind of glean where this went um 
but it, it it's a pretty famous bit. It's a funny one. Definitely check it out if you get the chance. Yeah, check it out. We don't know the name of it. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> it's so Google funny. Great, you just describing it. it just then triggered a memory. I know exactly what you guys are talking about. <laughs> yes. But yeah, see, it- in my research, though, I could not find any proper patented toys mm. um, beforehand. So surely people must have been using something, but this is the first that I've been able to find that is made out of, um, yeah, made out of like a specific material for the use of actually mm. putting your penis inside of it. I'd be very curious to see how that went in both like, um, I guess, the equivalent of um, the, the Shark Tank episode where, you know, you have to try and push mm. this to people, especially with it being a brand new thing. And I'd be very curious to know how it originally went on the market because if it hadn't existed and obviously when when was this now made even? Do you know? According to my research, 1995, <laughs> oh. hmm. which is wh- half why I'm sceptical. That feels very, very late, but it is what it is. Sounds like there might have been something invisible made before then. I don't know. And you have been listening to The Naughty Bridge Show with Indy, Jacob and Tammy on Sin. Um, you're welcome to submit a little question to any of our social media pages at Naughty Rude Sin on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. We will see you after the break. We have some more fantastic conversations to have and well we're going to jump jump into another another more opinionated one here and discuss red flags and what are some that people have and why do we think those things irk us and really i guess turn us away and turn us off from particular people um i'm curious to know what do you guys have any uh, red flags that jump to mind immediately I... Well, I mean, there are the classics, which is, you know, bigotry, homophobia, racism, misogyny, you know, like yeah, the, the, the easy ones, the easy Fair. red flags. <laughs> but did you have one, Indy? I feel like I can't say anything after you because I was going to go straight <laughs> to something totally superficial and you just said all of, like, the politically correct red flags. I was going to go straight to um, people that make loud chewing sounds or mouth sounds. Oh, so true. Yeah. See, this is why I had to get those ones out of yeah. the way because this is the <laughs> real the meat of the content. Yeah, and, like, there's a name for it I realised that uh, I forgot what it's called. There's a name Something for Something like, phobia. Being triggered by, yeah, by loud mm. mouth sounds and I have it so badly and it's just, it's, I know it's my issue but it's just completely blocked off people for me in the past no i mean completely get it i i I completely see that and i guess one that kind of bleeds from that um is just a lack of um i guess social manners um not having any sort of table manners or any sort of social awareness um to you know be able to tone it down be able to change how you talk who like to who you talk to and things like that um it's the last thing you want is to be embarrassed by the person that you're with um and that that can be a big one there um and i think definitely chewing gum loudly or chewing loudly 
there's a bit of a lack of table manners and maybe even a bit of lack of social awareness. Um, one that comes to mind and one that I've seen a lot of people have, though, is smoking. Uh, a lot of people will just straight up say, no, I refuse to date someone who smokes. Um, obviously, uh, people have their reasons for it. Myself, I look at it and I go, oh, someone who doesn't really take amazing care of themselves. Um, the same thing goes with people who may maybe overeat, people who don't exercise um, and so on and so on. Just general look after yourself. If you can't look after yourself, you know, why would I assume that you would look after me? Why would I assume that I have to look after you? Um, that kind of thing. But I don't know. Agree, disagree? Where do we sit with that? I think you're so right with that. And moving on from that, I have like a real thing about oral hygiene. Um, you don't have to have straight teeth. I understand that. But you can brush them then. Yeah. You can just brush <laughs> them. You can brush them twice a day, in fact. Maybe use yeah. a little bit of floss every now and then. Mm. A bit of Listerine never up. hurts. Damn. Yeah. Because they have stinky breath and it's a no from me. Sorry. Yeah, that's <laughs> instant no. It's unfortunate. It's so nuanced. Like back to what you were saying, ja- saying Jacob, about um, – you don't want to be embarrassed. I mean, I know sticky breath is different to being embarrassed, but so nuance what you will put up with or like you value as, um, I don't know, important in a partner, isn't it? And it just makes the game so much harder, doesn't it? Yeah. But I feel like having, uh, I feel like also though, having a grasp on those red flags and having a grasp on what you want from a person is also very, very healthy because, you know, you're not going to fall into a relationship or anything like that where, you know, you're just going to decide, no, I can't deal with this. Um, and you're more likely to find someone who agrees with a lot of your views. Mm, exactly. That's why good standards and good boundaries, um, in my opinion, are just the perfect foundation to any relationship. Mm. If you're going on that Tinder date and you're like, yep, nope, they're not really polite to the the weight stuff at the moment red flag cut it out you don't need mm. that toxicity in your life true that's also a lack of social awareness like someone's not beneath you because they're serving you like they're your mate mm. Mm. yeah it, it, it's it's a fascinating one and i think that there's so many more red flags that are out there and you know what i've I, I can speak for myself and the whole team here. I'd love to hear them. So definitely, you know, maybe set, check out our link tree and ask us about particular ones. That'd be a great place to do that. We're going to go into another opinion piece and a bit more of a health discussion here. Uh, what about hair, body hair, pubic hair, all sorts of hair all over the body? Is it a good idea to, you know, let it grow crazy, groom it? Should you shave it? What, what do we think is the right approach to, I guess, hair? because everyone does it differently. Well, from some personal experience straight off the bat, I personally, for myself, um, don't mind it on other people, have never really minded about body hair on anyone else, so long as it's, like, you know, well-groomed, well-maintained, clean. Um, But I, for myself, ever since I was a young teenager, used to shave it all off from the eyebrows down or the eyelashes down, naked I was naked I was gone and I just that was just my way of life that's what I thought that I had to do to feel comfortable within myself and then you know other people would find me attractive and this and that and whatever else and then I met my current partner um at the age of 21 I think we were probably should have thought about that before I mentioned ages but either way met my partner 
And um, he was like, hey, so, like, you don't have to do that, right? And I was like, yeah, I know, but I feel really good about it. And he's like, okay, but, like, I do have a preference um, if if you're happy with it, though. But, of course, what you do whatever you feel comfortable with. And I was like, yeah, I could give it a go. I could try to grow everything out. I could, I could be nice and a nice little hairy lady. And I have, <laughs> and I have never looked back since. My pit hair's out, my leg hair's gone, my pubes. Everything is just grown and I have never felt more free as a woman and it's phenomenal. Highly recommend everyone gives it a go. <laughs> wow. Mad respect. Mad respect. I do say approach it with a little bit of caution though because growing out body hair does bring a hygienic issue in, of course. Uh, as long as you're maintaining it and keeping yourself groomed and washed and everything, you're fine. But specifically things like um, uh, pubic hair is probably the biggest one here. You can trap things like sweat, oils and all sorts, and it can cause issues if you're not um, careful about how you look after it. That doesn't mean, though, you know, you have to do this or have to do that. Just, you know, wash yourself every now and then. Don't, don't be See, That's the interesting thing that I found about being a hairy lady now is I have noticed that I sweat a lot more than I thought that I did and... I'm just a bit of a greasy, greasy little hairball sometimes. But, mm. you know, that's a fun thing to learn about yourself. And I actually take care of my hygiene probably a lot better now <laughs> than when I did as a teenager when I had no hair. So I, who I knows? Have, I have some big thoughts here. Sorry to – so I think I'm going to come down on what was, has just been said. I think there's more risks with getting rid of it than keeping the hair because that's our natural state and, like, it's not coming with more, you know, cleanliness or infection issues. Um, in fact, that more so if you're shaving, you're going to have more risk of like cutting yourself. You're going to have more, more risk of infection that way. Um, I reckon there's, I think there's no health risk with having it all grown out. Um, your like hair glands are kind of tied up with your oil glands, your sweat glands. So that's kind of what makes it uh, different um but nah the, there's it's all good just yeah keep it clean i think that's the main message we're giving yeah. across right now like have your hair however you want to have it there is no correct way um you can groom it you can let it grow you can shave it whichever makes you feel comfortable of course just look after yourself and your hair um obviously you know understand the health risks of shaving and understand how to shave properly because that, as you said before, cutting, um, getting cut and stuff like that, it can really hurt. And if you don't know what you're doing, it can lead to some pretty bad stuff. Um, but, I mean, yeah, just be be however you want to be and be comfortable with it. Mm, definitely. And I think, yeah, being clean, main message, and being comfortable and doing what you want to do, main message. Like there's so much politics associated with um, body hair, in particular female body hair, and you know, you can get yourself in a tiz, you know, what should I do? Am I doing enough? And it, or you can get yourself in a tiz, like, am I not doing enough? And seriously, just do what makes you happy. Um, and, guys, that's all we have for you on tonight's The Naughty Rude Show. Um, I hope you enjoyed the topic. So just to recap, we talked about body hair, red flags. We introduced Tammy's segment, The Vibe. We talked about sex toys, including the flashlight. We had hinge stories or dating stories. So should sex education be taught in primary schools uh, and fetishes and kinks? So if you would love 
to recap on all of those amazing topics, you can find this episode on all of your podcast locations. Uh, We are The Naughty Rude Show with Sin. And if you would like to submit a question for any of the future episodes, please find us at Naughty Rude Sin on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, or Linktree. That's linktr.ee slash The Naughty Rude Show. Thank you so much, Tammy and Jacob, for uh, joining me on this awesome episode. And we're going to sign out from all of us. Bye. Bye. <laughs> Bye. So, so, so scandalous. Anticipating something. Talking about the dance in your pants. You're listening to The Naughty Rude Show, Sin's home of sexuality, identity and relationships on Sin Nation. So, so, so skinless.